0: Welcome everybody to the latest episode of Media Sandwich, a podcast where I talk with you about the latest happenings and water cooler moments that have cropped up online about pop culture and entertainment news and all the stuff that's just just a lot more enjoyable to talk about than the real world. So let's get into it by talking about the fake world that we can walk around in. And by that I mean video games. That's, That's what I meant by that. Um, a lot of stuff happening this last week in the world of video games. Of course, everybody took a trip back to 1997 because GoldenEye is back, baby. It's back on the Switch and on the Xbox, although it wasn't on those to begin with. It, w- it was on the Nintendo 64. Um, it was on the Xbox in the form of a really weird remake a couple years back, if you remember that. A, uh, a GoldenEye remake that starred Daniel Craig and it was i didn't get past the first level because it was really like brown and washed out looking and just not very fun i don't remember a lot about it it just kind of came and went but this is the original uh complete with the polygon uh uh graphics and The clunky control scheme? Not as much, actually. I was a little worried that the controls would feel weird without that totally satanic controller scheme from the Nintendo 64. That controller with three grips on it? Whose idea was that? But uh, actually, it totally works on your standard, you know, two-stick controller. Your Xbox or your uh, Nintendo Pro controller works pretty well. Uh, I had a great time. My muscle memory kicked in. I still know where everything is in the game. Every every bad guy, every uh, body armor, uh, all sorts of stuff. The real test for me, the real test for me was the frigate level, the the boat, because it's just a series of tight corners, all uh, colored the color of steel. Uh, all the bad guys look exactly the same. They're all positioned pretty much the same in every hallway. You can get lost so easy if you don't know the layout of that boat by heart. But I cleared it pretty fast, like within the four minute uh, uh, time limit to get the cheat code. I've got four or five of the cheat codes. I haven't gotten very far into the game yet because I'm only playing late at night, but it's, uh, I'm having fun. I stayed up way past my bedtime trying to get through uh, Silo in under three minutes on double O agent level. That one is just a sea of bad guys all the way through. It's nuts. But it's been a lot of fun. I keep seeing, really funny thing, I keep seeing headlines on all the video game news sites that are like, Hey, Goldeneye is back, but it has problems. Or like, check out this side-by-side comparison of the graphics of Goldeneye. And what the hell is that for? This is not an HD remake. Stop caring about the graphics of this sean bean's head looks like squashed play-doh wrapped around a lego it's just the way it's supposed to be we don't have to worry about how it looks um it's it looks glorious in its polygon nonsense with actors faces bizarrely digitally plastered on it um showing my kids dk mode and paintball mode was a lot of fun too that was good stuff But anyways, elsewhere in the world of video games, the big thing that took Twitter by storm the other day uh, was the instant meme-ready dialogue of the new game Forspoken, uh, which is a big epic RPG that Square Enix released this last week. I haven't played the game, uh, but I've seen the same footage everyone else has, and the thing about the dialogue that's got everybody's dander up is that it's been accused of being a huge bucket of cringy quips. You ever hear this complaint before, maybe about the Marvel movies? People are like, I'm so sick of the Marvel movies leaning on the characters having some blase crack about their situation. You know, jokes like, well, that just happened. And general Joss Whedon-style irreverent back and forths, which Joss Whedon did not invent, but I guess we can say he popularized. You know, things with, like, pop culture references sewn in, uh, sometimes. Star Wars had it, too, recently in Rise of Skywalker with, uh, they fly now? They fly now. So, anyway, people are really pissed about it. Uh, this game has publicly released for only a few days, and it has a sea of memes devoted to its dialogue, as if it's been out for years. You know, people are using bits like, uh, record scratch, you're probably wondering how I ended up here. Um, the phrase I see the most of is, so let me get this straight. Basically, it's like bad trailer joke syndrome is the thing. Uh, I think it was a den of geek article that said it would not have been out of place for the rest of with the rest of the dialogue in Forspoken if the lead character had encountered like a big scary knight in armor and everything and said, "Whoa, slow down there, medieval times. I mean, in the case of Forspoken, this kind of comedy does make sense because it's about a girl from modern day New York being transported into a fantasy realm and introduced to magic and whatnot. So, it fits the premise that she'd be kind of making fun of the tropes and how serious and epic it all is and making pop culture references and whatnot. And because she apparently has a magic bracelet that talks to her, she's constantly going back and forth with it, making jokes. You know, it's got a British accent, so they're making fun of each other's accents. Um, I find this situation extremely interesting. You know... um. the the hatred that this kind of humor is suddenly getting. Because the funny thing to me is that's exactly the reason everyone loved Joss Whedon's first Avengers movie, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and both of those Deadpool movies. I mean, you know, not for nothing, Tony Stark calling Thor point break, and then by the way, all the way into Endgame calling him Lebowski, people laughed at that. Those were jokes that people considered good, and... Now this humor is coming under a lot of fire. Uh, I mean, it's the reason why Thor Ragnarok was considered by far the best standalone Thor movie when it came out after the first two were taking themselves way too seriously. So there's a large chunk of the audience that does enjoy these jokes because they too don't take the lore and the fantasy and the proper names of monsters and magic properties all that seriously. Um... I think that was a lot more of us about 10 years ago, though. So what what's changed? Why suddenly is there a, a vocal contingent of people who are like, screw these kinds of jokes. So what's changed? Is it just fatigue? Not just like Marvel fatigue, but burnout on this kind of humor? How pervasive it's been in adventure entertainment lately? I mean, it does crop up a lot in... Like, almost anything that you would consider adventure comedy, anything that, like, The Rock or Kevin Hart is going to be a part of, they're going to be kind of making fun of the movie that they're in. Like, self-deprecating about the, the property itself, which can be tiresome. I mean, it's kind of the people making a piece of entertainment saying, look, we don't have the conviction to hand this to you without kind of making fun of it before you can make fun of it. it it's, it's screams a lack of confidence in the material, uh, in some cases, but it drives me up the wall the way people act like they're better than a piece of media that dares to try and have jokes in it. I mean, I think you know, I think it's fine to have these kinds of jokes. Uh but I'm kinda weird. I I don't I don't look down my nose at jokes that often. If it doesn't work, I just kinda move on to the next joke. It's fine. I don't get mad that I've heard a joke more than once in popular movies. But, movies aside, I think a video game is just the wrong medium for that kind of humor, and that's the problem. Because that tone totally works inside like a 45-minute television episode, like, say, the almost universally-liked show The Boys on Amazon. It has not like cutesy, well-that-just-happened kind of jokes, By the way, that joke, that just happened. People use that as the joke to describe Marvel humor. And that joke, I I can't remember it actually being in any actual Marvel movie. So I think this comes from a disingenuous place. And that's what bugs me about this argument. But a show like The Boys does have irreverent, like, pointing out the ridiculousness of their situation stuff. uh, And it works and it works wonders in a movie, that upcoming, that upcoming Dungeons & Dragons movie that I keep talking about because I'm so excited, um, I bet we're going to get a bunch of jokes like that. A bunch of like, I'm sorry, is that a dragon? Uh, is this some kind of dungeon and dragon scenario? Like, we're, we're going to get jokes like that. That's the way they write movies now. But Think about hanging around one character, or two if you count the magic-talking bangle thingy, and listening to them go back and forth with that kind of joke ad nauseum for 8, 10, 15 hours of gameplay, maybe while you're struggling a little bit with a difficult boss fight or a tricky jump that you just can't nail. Yeah, whoopsie doodle, That's, that's a miscalculation, I think. Um, But having said that, I think a lot of people online have sticks that need to be surgically removed from their butts about what constitutes cringe. I keep seeing the word cringe. It it has lost all meaning. Cringe now just means joke that you didn't like, joke that didn't work for you. Um, I don't consider the dialogue of Forspoken cringe. I consider it cheap or lazy comedy at the worst. Cringe, I just don't understand why... I don't know when it became such a crime to be a little bit cheesy. Cheesy is fine. Cheesy is what pop culture is built off of. Pop music, inherently, is cheesy. Anyways, that that was pretty much it. That was the thing that took over video game news for at least a day or two, was people just bagging on this game without ever actually playing it, mind you. Who knows, it might actually work really well within the context of the story, but... Also, I did read today that you can turn the the chattiness between the characters off a little bit or not off, but like you can you can scale back how much quippy, jokey dialogue there is. Um that's interesting. I've never seen that before in a game, but uh I think that means that they knew what they were doing with that dialogue. I think it's purposeful. I think it I think they did it on purpose, and it's not a bunch of failed, lazy comedy. I think it's them using that kind of comedy as a weapon, you know? But maybe that's me being overly charitable. Anyways, let's talk about movies. We had the Oscar nominations this last week. I've explicitly said that I'm not really going to cover awards shows on the podcast, especially in any, hey, let's go down the entire list kind of thing. I'm just not into it. Uh, My feelings on the Oscars are pretty standard. I think it's bullshit. It's a popularity contest that doesn't really recognize the best anything of the year. In particular, uh, the horror genre completely ignored by the Oscars. And that's ridiculous. Uh, This last year was a banner year for horror. And they should be recognized. But they won't be. Because it's elitist. It just is. So i'll say this all the acting nominations for everything everywhere all at once are wholeheartedly deserved i think uh kei hui kwan is awesome and he deserves to stretch his acting muscles more after this i'd also like him to get a big giant paycheck too though so while the mock-ups that people started hawking on social media that was like hey what about the adventures of short round and it was like a photoshopped poster for a hypothetical Disney Plus series where he would be short round as an adult. Some people took issue with that because they were they were like, hey, don't put this poor guy in a box, that box being his uh, childhood career, you know, let, let him move past it. He said that he fears only being known for the roles he played when he was 10. I get that. But uh, I would just like to see the guy get stupid rich and then live off of that stupid franchise payday while making more weird, dramatic choices like he did in this movie. He's terrific in it. Uh, he doesn't even have to be short round, honestly. You don't have to do that. You know what would be great? Netflix is still making that Last Airbender live-action show. If they ever get that off the ground, and by some miracle it gets to a season two, because it's going to be really expensive, uh, if they make it to a season two, make Kehui Quan the Earth King. I think that's a part he would totally nail right you put him next to a big bear puppet and let him goof around for a a lot of money and then he can go off and make some weird movies with the daniels after that uh or whoever you know i'm sure he's gonna be in high demand whether or not he wins this award which i think he might be a pretty big contender for it i forget i forget if uh he's not going up against brendan fraser is he i don't think they're up for the same award i think it's Fraser's up for Best Actor, and Quan's up for Best Supporting. But anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, none of it matters. The Oscars don't matter. But the only other Oscar thing that I did want to speak on... Uh, I tweeted about this, too. I guess this is just the episode of the podcast where I get touchy about people on Twitter acting too cool for school between between Forspoken and then this thing. Uh, the Oscar nominations came out, and suddenly a big billowing cloud of bullshit came over the horizon in the form of people's opinions about Top Gun Maverick. I mean, look, it's okay to not like a movie. I support it. I really, I really enjoyed Top Gun Maverick, not just from like a cheap nostalgia factor. I just think it's a really well-crafted movie on a screenplay level, on a technical level, on an acting level. I think it's just pretty pretty dang good and fun. I think it's that rare sequel that's so much better than the original that it eclipses it. But if you didn't dig it, if you violently reacted to it and think that it's dog shit, that's cool, that's fine. It's okay to not like a movie. But what kills me is the movie came out and got quite a bit of praise, and the people who didn't like it were pretty measured about it, pretty reasonable takes. Like, well, I didn't like it because this, that, and the other thing, but hey, if you dug it, that's fine. And that was great. I really liked that we didn't have to get into an argument about Top Gun Maverick um, when it released. When it released, there was no big, no great uh, discourse surrounding it. Now that it's nominated for Best Picture and whatnot, people came out of the woodwork again, like they crawled out of sewer grates going, bah, 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 come on now, that movie's terrible, have we no standards anymore, Uh, started breaking down the molecular reasoning why the movie is just not deserving of being nominated for Prom King, Um, despite Tom Cruise and the movie itself pretty much fitting the bill exactly for what a Prom King nomination looks like. Uh, But my point is, the visceral hatred for the movie that I suddenly saw this last week it didn't really exist until the possibility of Jerry Bruckheimer accepting a statue for Best Picture became a possibility. And all I can say is, uh, come on, everybody, who gives a shit? I stopped thinking of the Oscars as a hallowed example of cinema about the moment they extended Best Picture to ten nominations and gave one to Avatar. And then I really, really stopped taking it seriously when Green Book won Best Picture. I mean, come on how, how, how memorable can we get with movies winning best picture? Um, anyway, that's all I had about the Oscars. I don't really know much. Uh, I don't know what, what to say about it, but, uh, hey, the Razzie nominations came out too, and I sure wish they wouldn't. I sure wish the Razzies just wouldn't be. They, we don't need that anymore. That's something that's time has passed. Um, I got no problem with bad movie fun, like, you know, I watch a YouTube channel, I listen to a couple podcasts that are about bad movies, cheesy movies, the Razzies have never been that, the Razzies have always been, let's take punching down pot shots at movies that were never trying to be great works of art, like, especially the last 15 years or so, they went after the Transformers movies, they went after the Twilight movies, they went after Adam Sandler comedies, and it's like, look, that's not even remotely close to the worst movies that came out this year. You're just lazy and you you take potshots at the the big blockbusters that you didn't like, and which, yeah, ultimately that's what all bad movie fun is about, but I don't know. It's just like they they tried to give a they tried to give a Razzie nomination to like a kid and that you know got people in an uproar and hey, couldn't we just get rid of the Razzies? We don't need that. It's not even really a thing anymore, right? Nobody cares. Um except unless you're Bill Cosby and you make them Uh, make you awards out of, like, marble and actual gold. Look that up, by the way. Look up Leonard Part 6, Razzies, and you will learn about the the unending ego of one billiard Cosby. Uh, Anyways, let's not talk about that at all. Let's talk about the actual piece of news that happened, like, just today or yesterday. And it's not fun news, but it happened, so I gotta talk about it. Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi, uh, the actor who everybody knows as Shazam now, I still think of him as Chuck from TV's Chuck, uh, a show that was actually pretty decent, but I feel like it put a lot of people off because of just a really rancid title. Just stop naming your show after your lead character like that. It never works out. It's it's never a good title. Imagine if Sex and the City was just called Carrie. You know. Uh, imagine if the X-Files was just called, well, I guess that one doesn't work because his name was Fox Mulder, right? Yeah. Well, anyways, um, (laughs) Zachary Levi, he's kind of flown under the radar, uh, the last few years as far as his public persona goes. Yeah, he's a superhero actor. He's one of those guys. He's one of the, the, the superhero actors, but, you know, he generated a lot of goodwill from being a voice in Tangled. Uh, His bit part in those Thor movies, he kind of, you know, won some hearts and minds there. But his public mask has been slipping a touch of late. He tweeted just like yesterday or today, uh, it was very recently, somebody asked like, hey, do you agree or do you not agree that Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company, is a huge threat to America or something like that? And Zachary Levi retweeted that with, hard agree and then an emoji that i don't remember what it is which made everybody go huh okay is is shazam anti-vaccine in which case i mean you know again not a political podcast here but i'll say this uh if your career depends heavily on you being effortlessly likable by all corners of the public who might go see your movie that's coming out soon and you might out yourself as being possibly anti-vax mere days away from the movie's release. it's it's not great strategy, sir. It's uh, just from a public relations standpoint, it's not a great look. I can't help but laugh a little bit when an actor steps in it this hard and which with this much conviction. and there's no real remedy for it. He's damaged the movie without really trying to. And I know that if prompted about it, his response would probably be, hey, look, this has nothing to do with the movie. This is my personal beliefs, etc. And okay, fair enough, you're entitled to your opinion, I I guess, and you gotta understand, though, at least your publicist has to understand, this is part of the game. Your public persona is linked to the movie, and you can be a kook and say whatever you want to say, but you can't say it this close to release day. That's, you're, you're drumming up the wrong headlines for the movie, sir. Uh... And if you shed the kimono and show people colors that they might not like, you're going to damage the box office or at very least you're going to damage the reputation of the franchise, of the brand. And predictably, there was a huge pile on because that's what social media is for, is finding a target and everybody attacking them at once, like a pack of raptors or, or another analogy of some kind. Uh, everybody online dove on top of him for having a possibly unpopular opinion. I mean, it's not explicitly like he's anti-vaccine or he's pro-conspiracy theory about the the plandemic or anything like that. He just says he doesn't like Pfizer, and you know what? Fair enough. I don't like Pfizer. They're a pharmaceutical conglomerate. How how much goodwill can they have just from the one vaccine for COVID? They've done a whole lot of horrible things over the last few decades to regular working people. But you know, if he is anti-vax, yeah. I mean, look, that's dangerous crap for an influential, famous person to be spreading. And he doesn't really have a lot of sympathy from me if the movie's hurt by it, because it was this was his own doing, and he should have known better. If his belief is more nuanced than that, then he should have worded it better or just not said anything. That's always an option that a lot of famous people forget is you could you could just not say things like that and continue to get paid a lot of money to play pretend superhero just by not saying that. We talked about that last time with Gina Carano. She had action figures of herself. She was on lunchboxes and backpacks. And then she suddenly wasn't because she just couldn't keep her kooky opinions to herself for a few months. Like, she could have said stuff later on, but she she couldn't wait. She Everybody had to know what she thought because social media is a disease that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he should have elaborated further and better than he ended up doing. He tried to walk it back a little bit by posting an article about Pfizer's financial malfeasance or something like that, but the damage was already done. The Pfizer comments were really only the spark that lit the fire. People started digging up stuff. Hey, he's an incredibly prolific evangelical Christian, which isn't popular, uh, with the general public. Not the Christian part, the evangelical part. Uh that explains that weird faith-based football movie he did that kind of looked like garbage. Uh, people started digging further, and they said, Oh, he did an interview with that 700 Club guy. Not on the 700 Club, despite what some people are saying, but yeah, the 700 Club guy, that guy is a garbage person. He's He is, from what I've read, a uh, terrible homophobic piece of garbage uh, that Zachary Levi sat down and had a cordial conversation with. So... Yeah, people started calling him MAGA and Trumpy, and I don't think that's even accurate, but it doesn't really matter. This is what happens when a famous person says something unpopular. People come out of the woodwork, and they start digging up anything they can to attack him after the fact. They say, like, oh, you guys didn't know this about him? It's been out for ages. Look at my receipts. Aren't I superior? Ha ha ha. But anyway, setting aside the, the politics stuff, Just from a public relations and a movie marketing standpoint, this is a noteworthy piece of news that happened, just like today. And DC and Warner Brothers, they have yet another problem with their crazy DC movie franchise, after the whole fiasco that was Ezra Miller for the last year, the absolute blunder that was the Black Adam marketing push, Uh, The firing of Henry Cavill as Superman really didn't do them any favors as far as the audience is concerned. This is just the latest step in putting a nail in the coffin of the current DC Universe before James Gunn and uh, Peter Safran can come in and clean house a little bit. The thing that sucks is that James Gunn, probably planning to do a Kingdom Come movie, Shazam is a big portion of that story. He's a big part of it. He fights Superman in the big uh, bit will Zachary Levi be the Shazam in the Kingdom Kung movie that they're planning that might happen years down the road from now? Maybe, but probably not at this point. I'm not saying that this whole kerfluffle, it, it lost his job or anything like that. Certainly nothing of the sort happened. And the second Shazam movie hasn't even come out yet. So it might come out, make a ton of money, and he'll be signed up for five more movies. But By the time we get to that Kingdom Come movie, will we have a new Shazam anyway? Because we'll have a new Superman. That's why Henry Cavill got fired. So this is just more of an excuse to get rid of him at this point and replace him with somebody younger, lesser known, cheaper, who's a little more afraid to make their personal opinions known publicly. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Um, I will say this in terms of you know, political or philosophical opinions that Zachary Levi has voiced that I do find distasteful. Him coming out and defending Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a disappointment. We can throw Shazam in the dumpster now, because Jordan Peterson is a malignant nematode. I can't stand that guy. I can't handle his snake oil bullshit that he peddles. He's one of the worst people in America, I believe, for young minds to be corrupted by. And Zachary Levi's steadfastly defending him on, <laughs> on uh, the Joe Rogan show. Yeah, you know, I liked Chuck and I liked Shazam, but we don't need this guy necessarily. We've already got a Chris Pratt, and he's better at being low-key with this stuff, isn't he? Uh, makes, you, makes you pine for the subtle... The, the, the subtle, uh, personal boundaries that Chris Pratt keeps by comparison. So, yeah, what can I say? That just happened. <laughs> uh, checking out the world of comics, though. Uh, we're moving into comics. Marvel uh, took over the Alien franchise in the comic book world back in 2021 because, you know, Disney bought 20th Century Fox, uh... And so they, you know, they consolidated. They shift all of the comic book versions of everything they own over to Marvel. Because they spent billions of dollars to buy Marvel. You might as well use it. Yet another loss for my beloved Dark Horse Comics, who had some really terrific and weird alien comics that I really enjoyed. At one point, they, they had the licenses for all of them, so Dark Horse did uh Alien versus Predator versus Terminator and that was a ridiculous and stupid and very fun comic book. I don't know if it lasted more than 2 issues, but I got those 2 issues. I found them in my long box the other night and that was great. Uh but anyway, Marvel they had moderate success with that 2021 book. But they're relaunching the Alien comic this year with a new creative team, writer uh, Declan Shalvey, and artist, uh, might be Andrea, might be Andrea, Uh, I'm going to say Andrea, and I'll probably be wrong, Andrea Brocardo, uh, and a new storyline for the book, fresh, starting from scratch. This one concerns a scientific expedition who's studying water conservation on a glacier-covered planet. And sure enough, what do they find frozen in the ice but a terrifying, unknown organism? But we know what it is. It's them darn xenomorphs. Uh, Sounds like a silent movie. Uh, Them darn xenomorphs. Uh, I like this concept, though. It makes me think all about the headlines of the last few years, like... Hey, scientists found this 100,000-year-old bacteria frozen in Antarctica that we've never seen before, and it'll astonish you, and everyone reacts to that news the same way. Leave it there! Put it back! Nothing good can come of this! So it's neat that they're taking that and applying it to the Alien franchise, kind of a worst-case extrapolation of something real-world that's an actual problem. I mean, honestly... I like the fact that they use the xenomorph in this way that uh, kind of calls to mind the old creature features of the 1950s when they were trying to say something about, like, nuclear warfare, but they had to zhuzh it up a little bit with fantastical monsters like Godzilla or the giant ants in Them. Check out Them, by the way. It's one of the best 50s creature feature movies ever. They're making a remake of it. I should have said that in the in the movie section, but... Yeah, no, them. Check out that movie, Them. Uh, yeah, sneak a little bit about global global warming and the water crisis and then provide H.R. Geiger monsters for color. That sounds like a terrific idea. It sounds like great storytelling. Um, but yeah, the Alien book rebooted uh, starts with issue number one releasing, you guessed it, April 26, 2023. April 26, Alien Day, 426. Who decided that? Somebody at Fox decided that they needed their own day, because Back to the Future Day was a really big hit, and Star Wars Day is a thing, apparently. Why not Alien Day? And I agree, why not? Um, There should be more alien paraphernalia in stores and whatnot. I I saw a Nerf gun version of the uh, Pulse Rifle from Aliens, That was going for like 200 bucks. So it was way out of my price range. But I saw it and I wanted it. I coveted it. Uh, I like Alien. I like that franchise a lot. I I hope that franchise. I hope it goes in good directions. But we haven't seen anything. Like a a mainstream franchise entry uh, movie for Aliens. Since Disney took over. So I'm curious what they're going to do with it. But hey, they're handling it pretty well in the comics, it sounds like. They actually have somebody who cares, so that's good news. It's always good to have a little good news amongst all the crappy news. But uh, speaking of which, let's move into TV, because there's some decent news in there. Uh, Let's start with just a little housekeeping odds and ends stuff. Um, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, and The Simpsons all got renewed this last week for two more seasons each. Two more apiece. That's not surprising. Those shows are like an institution for Fox. They, they try to pack new animated material around those three shows and nothing ever lives longer than a season or two. But those shows are forever, apparently. Um, it, I say it's not surprising, but it is actually surprising when you check the math and see that these next two seasons will be season 35 and 36 for Simpsons. Season 22 and 23 for Family Guy, that's the one that gets me the most. Uh, And then season 14 and 15 for Bob's Burgers, which is also pretty whoa. Uh, A lot of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff right there. Uh, Just the very thought that I I watched Family Guy's first season as it aired, and it's been on the air almost uninterrupted for going on 22, 23 years. I mean, granted, it got canceled and then uncanceled, and there were a couple of years there where it was missing, but, I mean, this show is well over 20 years old. That's so strange to me. I mean, I beer-bonged away most of my Family Guy memories. It feels as distant in the past, TV-wise, as, like, just shoot me or even like that 70s show which i've been re-watching because of that 90s show that 70s show ended in 2006 i think 2006 where, where his family guy has been going since then uninterrupted hell even king of the hill ended like 14 years ago that's so weird Meanwhile, Bob's Burgers feels very recent to me, despite being almost 15 seasons in. That, I mean, time is weird and everything, but this just doesn't make any sense to me pop-culturally. Bob's Burgers feels a lot more recent than Family Guy or The Simpsons. I can't even fathom. Like, I've I've been on a rewatch of The Simpsons that I started during the pandemic. I'm going very slowly through it. I think I'm into season 10 at this point. I've been relishing. I've been going back and re-watching ones that I really love from those first ten seasons. Uh, anyway, another piece of news. Amazon has announced they are developing a Tomb Raider series. I called it. I called that right here on this podcast. I know it wasn't a terribly supernatural prediction or anything, but I was right. I need to take that win. I need a win, so I'm taking it. Anyway, <laughs> the the Tomb Raider show... That, you know, of course it's happening now. Um, It's being developed by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Like, Fleabag Phoebe Waller-Bridge? That's weird. That's a really strange person to attach to it. I guess all that Indiana Jones adventuring from this new movie gave her some ideas or something? Uh, I'm sure The Last of Us on HBO has given Amazon a lot of ideas, too, and that's why this show is going forward. You know, that's how it works. HBO does one, then Amazon does one. HBO does, you know, a show with dragons and magic and swords, and so Amazon does one, too. And they spend just as much, if not more, money. So, you know, HBO does a video game show. They're going to do a video game show. But I think this one has a lot of potential. It could be a fun series. I'm wondering if they're going to try to do the reboot uh, Tomb Raider version, like the, the recent games where, like, the, the first one she's, like, trapped on an island and it's kind of dark and hopeless, but still, you know, a cool adventure. That could be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to play uh, Lara Croft. I, I don't think that's the case. I think she's probably just... uh developing it behind the scenes but yeah that that could be that could be something it, it's uh, i'm definitely going to give it a shot because what the hell i paid for the amazon subscription anyway <laughs> um last bit of tv news lance reddick who i'm a big fan of uh he has joined the percy jackson series at disney plus that we've talked about a couple weeks back he is going to be playing zeus and that's pretty good casting, I think. I like Lance Reddick a lot. Uh, he's got a real great, like, regal quality to him uh, that I think suits the King of the Gods. Um, yeah, last I had heard, he was going to zip by for a cameo for that spinoff show from the John Wick movies, uh, The Continental, the show about the assassin hotel. Lance Reddick's character in those movies is the concierge of that hotel. So it would make sense for him to show up and do a little walk on for that. Uh, I think people were expecting that he might be the star of that. But I, no, I, I think he was just going to do like one episode to introduce it. But Zeus on Percy Jackson, that's a fairly big role for that series. I think being a YA series, of course, the kids are the real leads and then their immortal parents played by actors you recognize are kind of the supporting players or the outright antagonists of the story. But that show is kind of shaping into something worth checking out. The casting choices on the uh gods. Really unexpected and interesting, uh, all the way around. So look out for Percy Jackson on Disney Plus coming uh, I believe this year. I think it's coming twenty twenty three, so Check out that. Read all those books so that you know what's going on and whatnot. I hear those are great books. I've been meaning to get into them. They're they're a heck of an alternative to to them Harry Potter books if you, by chance, don't want to get into that stuff anymore. But, you know what? I hate to say it, but that's all I got for you this week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and hanging out, as always. And, hey, if you enjoyed your sandwich this week, you can come by for more. Subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get it. Uh, Check out out www.media-sandwich.com for further blog posts, including recently my recaps for Peacock's Poker Face, a show that I've been absolutely excited about all the way up leading to its release the last couple of months, and the show delivered for me. I'm really enjoying it. It is... A great successor to the Columbo model of how Ketchum uh, case of the week style mysteries. It's really a lot of fun. If you if you're a fan of Natasha Lyonne, it, she's terrific in it. A lot of great guest stars. The cast is stacked. In every episode, there's one or two terrific performances that are just standalone one episode performances. So. Check out Poker Face on Peacock, and check out my recaps of Poker Face on uh, Media-Sandwich.com. The first few of those went up recently. The next two, because they dropped four episodes, so I tried to power through them all. The first two uh, recaps are up. The next two will be up later this week. And then uh, Thursday, it starts going week by week, so my recaps will do the same. And uh, until we meet again next week, uh, guess what? I'm Kyle Martinak, and guess what? I'm gonna go have a sandwich. It's what I do.